0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We're still at the Greater Niagara Show, and today we have an opportunity to talk to someone from the DEC, it's Steve Hurst. And Steve, thanks for coming on the show, and can you give us just a quick rundown of what your role is with the DEC?
1: thanks chris so i'm chief of the bureau of fisheries for the entire state our hatcheries our research our management we cover nine regions as you know we have two great lakes great fishing so my job is trying to keep the lid on all that and keep things running
0: keep everybody happy keep everybody catching fish that's a pretty tough job to do
1: it 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 can be kind of overwhelming (laughs) at some points but
0: it's the best job in the world and like you said you guys in new york you have two great lakes and we're going to kind of Touch on both of them here with you, but let's start with Lake Ontario. Sure. Tell us a little bit about Lake Ontario for people who have never been able to fish it or just wondering and thinking about coming up to New York and doing some fish on Lake Ontario. Tell us a little bit about the lake.
1: Well, the south shore of Lake Ontario is unparalleled, both open lake and in the tributaries. Um, I'll venture to say that we have the best fishing in the world right now, uh, especially for Chinook salmon. Um, it's just totally unsurpassed. For the last three years, we've had catch rates that have just been through the roof. Um, you know, uh, charter boat captains a few years ago actually switched to going to two trips a day. The fishing was that good, and the popularity of the fishing was so good. You know, but it's not just about Chinooks. Uh, it's a great diversity. There, there's a great diversity in the fishery. We have steelhead. We have brown trout. I mean, when you have people coming from New Zealand, you know, one of the brown trout capitals of the world, coming and fishing oak orchard creek that says something okay um you know and then it's flanked lake ontario is flanked by these two other great resources to the east the saint lawrence river and to the to the west uh, the lower niagara all right and you know i can't say enough about those things especially the lower niagara it's such a diverse fishery. Where else can you go when you can fish in one day? And oh, what, what do I want to fish for today? Walleye, smallmouth bass, steelhead, brown trout, Chinook salmon when they're running, and lake trout always there in this, this magnificent river All right, that feeds Lake Ontario. So, it's a pretty special place.
0: Yeah, you've got some awesome stuff going on. Let's get back to the salmon, though. I think a lot of people, that's why they want to go to Lake Ontario. Okay. Not only do you have great numbers, but you've got a great size potential there as well. What's going on with those salmon? Why do you have the salmon that you have in Lake Ontario right now?
1: Well, we have the salmon where, you know, we started years ago. I mean, as you know, uh, uh, alewife were introduced into the lake, you know, centuries ago. And when, when they came in, they became quite a problem. Our lake trout population was down and and this invasive species basically exploded. Chinook were used as a management tool, all right, as predators to crop those down. And it resulted in a phenomenal fishery, okay, that's been built up. It is a highly managed fishery. Things have changed now, okay. We've had a couple bad year classes in 2014, 2015 of alewife where we did not get good recruitment. And we, 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 we created a hole in the population. And we're still feeling that today. We've had to make some adjustments to our stocking rates, but at the same time, okay, because of management practices in our tributaries, especially uh, the Salmon River, um, and I don't have to tell you about the Salmon River, another world-renowned fishery in and of itself, alright, we have a lot of natural reproduction now, and I think give a year, fifty percent of the fish out there can be wild fish. So, I think that's a real compliment to the management that we performed here in New York.
0: Yeah, that's amazing that uh, even with the stocking efforts, you're still Lots of natural reproduction in the lake and one of the things that we hear from a lot, especially at this show, because we're on the west side of the lake, is that people are really trying to invest in getting fish to come back here, um, you know, they, they want to see fish on, on the western side of the lake, what's going on over here in this neck of the woods to try to get things going so that they've got their fish coming back into the tributaries in the western
1: side of the lake. So the one thing that we've noticed over the past, I don't know, five to 10 years is that, you know, the traditional staging fishing, fishery has changed. All right. It's not what it used to be. It's not as predictable as it used to be. We don't have all the answers on that. It could be water clarity, it could be a bunch of things. Okay. But it has changed. All right so the one thing we're doing now and we're doing this as a bureau with many many of our management plans i mean not to sidetrack away from great lakes but you know after 30 years we're revisiting our whole trout stream management plan similarly on lake ontario um, um, my great Lakes section head steve lepan and his biologist are looking at how we stock fish all right that's also 30 years old right now it's based on uh, the miles of shoreline per region, and we divvied up the fish that way. Well, we've learned a lot since, you know, in the last 30 years, and now we're going to have more output based management and saying, okay, how do we look at these fish when we stock them? And we need to look at all of the fish, all right, to create as much of an optimized fishery as possible. That being said, we're gonna put the fish where the fishing is, okay, and divvy those fish up that way. It's gonna be quite complicated. We're working through it, but I think we're gonna have a much better product in the long run. And like, as I said, we're gonna put fish where the fishermen are.
0: And the other thing we're talking lots of different moving parts within the lake, but you you have a partner as well on the north side of the lake. How do you guys work together with with Ontario?
1: Very well. Um, As I said, my Great Lakes section had Steve Pan works with Andy Todd over at OMNR. Uh, they have had a working relationship now for almost a decade. They work under the auspices of the Great Lakes Fisheries Commission under what's called we call the Joint Strategic Plan for Fisheries Management. Those fisheries community objectives, both sides of the pond agreed upon with their anglers, and that's what we use as our Bible to move forward. Everything we do points back to that.
0: Another lake that uh, you're in control of, at least part of it anyway. I wouldn't
1: say control. <laughs> <Yeah. but.
0: laughs> part that, that you help manage, uh, Lake Erie. Let's
1: talk a little bit about Lake Erie and what's going on there right now. Well, just phenomenal, scary walleye fishing, scary walleye fishing. I mean, uh, limit after limit after limit has been caught over the last three years. In fact, last three years, record high years, uh, f- weight three times higher than the long-term average and that's back to 1987 when we started taking data mm-hmm. um, unprecedented why, why do you think that is you know i i, I don't have all the answers i, I want to say a lot of it is we, you know we've been doing some pretty cutting-edge research to understand why i don't know if you've tracked any of it but we have what's called the glado system that's out in lake erie you know um, and that's a, a, a whole set of acoustic arrays that are throughout the lake. There's hundreds of them, all right? And we have transmitters and walleyes, and we've been tracking their movements, and we have learned a tremendous amount on on walleyes and how to protect those and how to manage them. As far as why this burgeoning population, we've had three great year classes, all right? Why we've had three great year classes, well, a lot of it can be environmental, just everything comes together, right? And it's beautiful because as a fisheries manager, you can usually ride one year class of walleye for about a decade, Yeah. okay? Um, but also, it just seems to be the decade of the walleye. I mean, you know, to, to toot our horn for some other fisheries, Chautauqua Lake, you know, just to the south of us here, phenomenal walleye fishing. You know, Oneida Lake, we've had another good year class of fish come off. So it kind of just seems to be like the decade of the walleye. <laughs> Tell me about what you're seeing there as far
0: as, I mean, you talked about the year classes. What are we seeing there for for size structure in Lake Erie right now?
1: Well, there's a lot of fish out there, okay? And, uh, you know, guys are catching, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot that are right at the length limit and they have to throw them back. And that's early in the season, you know, but walleye are a food fish. Mm -hmm. People uh, like 15-inch walleye is going in the box, right? you know. So you're always going to be cropping off that that size structure. So you'll have some big ones on the one end and a lot of little guys coming up into the fishery.
0: Yeah.
1: And those fish move around a lot. I, I actually sat in on a seminar
0: from... Uh, another guy from the DEC back in September, and they were talking about how much the fish move around in the lake and the way the lake changes throughout the year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So you're
1: you're mentioning the research done by Dr. Jason Robinson? Very well could be. I don't remember yep. the name. And he is, our, he is our Lake Erie unit leader, and we are blessed to have him. Um, he is a walleye. He's a warm water expert. He was responsible for a lot of this, and uh, has his seminar showed, how these fish are in, basically, the western basin for part of the year. They spawn there, they will migrate east, sp- spend some time here, you know, but there's subset populations, some of them go north, some of them go east, a bunch of them go back west, and understanding those movements, all right, and where we need to protect the spawning stock is vitally important as we go forward, because it's not always good. Right. All right. So when things get, when it comes crunch time again, we know how these animals behave and we can manage them better.
0: And when you know that those fish are moving around like that, it's really important to have good partners in the state of Ohio and Pennsylvania and Ontario. How, how does that relationship work in Lake Erie and how are you working with those partners to keep the lake where it is right now?
1: I gotta say, I, am, I have been since I came back as chief, you know, a few years ago and became more involved in Great Lakes Fisheries Commission. I can't say enough about the Lake Erie Committee. Um, they have the most members of you know there's many jurisdictions playing in that in, in that water. They have a huge commercial fishery, all right? It's a complicated fishery. And to have all those guys play nice in the sandbox and get things done and, and, and agree on a common ground for management. I don't think people understand how phenomenal that is, how difficult it is and how phenomenal it is, especially in you know, some of the political environments we're in today.
0: Sure. And speaking of that, what do you see as the future of walleye fishing in Lake Erie? Oh,
1: I think it's going to be really, really good for years to come. As I said earlier, Chris, you know, managers always, when they get a good year class of walleyes, like, wow, I'm going to be okay for a few years. Well, we've got three bumper year classes there, and I think we're going to, I think we're going to have pretty good fishing for a while. We had
0: a nice talk on Lake Ontario, Lake Erie. Is there something that I didn't ask you about that you want to get across?
1: Well, I just really want to get across that you know the the fishing in New York is is in my mind unsurpassed. Fishing in New York State is on. We are a world class fisheries state. We just got done completing a 2017 uh, statewide angler survey, and uh, you know we're looking at uh, over 20 million angler days a year in New York. Okay. It brings in it's it's worth about two billion dollars a year and supports about ten thousand jobs. This isn't jump change. This is a big deal. All right, and I just can't boast enough about between the Great Lakes, Lake Champlain, our Finger Lakes, all right, our Catskill system, the Delaware system, you know, which phenomenal cold water system. I mean, we just we are so blessed here from Adirondack Brook Trout to the big Chinooks in, in Lake Ontario, you can't beat the diversity of fishing we have. And, and that's really what I wanna get out there. I want people to come to New York. I want them to come to New York and enjoy our resource. And the other thing I'd like to say, Chris, is that you know why we're here today is we have made a really concerted effort. As I said earlier, I feel I've, we have the best biologists in, in the world. And I, and I say that with all my heart. And we're really good at science. What we're not always good at is communicating our science. It's pretty complex and hard and we're learning and we're getting better and melting that down and having a good message on it. But the one thing that we want to do is let other anglers know that we're anglers too. Fishing's important to us, all right? And we care about this resource and we want to have dialogue with them. So today we have our open house. It's the first time we've ever done this. I'm really excited about it. It's, it's a little bit different than, you know, we have a lot of public meetings where we convey information through a PowerPoint but you aren't able to come up, have a cup of coffee with someone and say, you know, I have this question. I I was at a public meeting, but I didn't want to ask it because I thought it was foolish or, and there are no foolish questions. We want to develop, develop those relationship with anglers, have dialogue with them so there's a better understanding because you know what, we learn a lot from our anglers.
0: What's that like for you? I mean, I I know that there's probably a lot of people that like to come up and pat you on the back, but there's also a lot of people that have some criticism for you and and, and how things are done. What's that like for you?
1: Um, You know, the the criticism, as long as it's constructive, is is good. And, and, you know, we're government servants. First and foremost, we work for the people. All right. We protect the resource. We manage the resource. But it's for the people. Make no bones about that. And they should be looking at us all the time, questioning in a healthy manner, questioning what we do. Um, That's just good government. And to be there to respond to that is good government.
0: Awesome. Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Chris, it was a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.